Pull me up. Dead Air Records podcast is back. Hey. Hi. And it's Yankee season, y'all. Fuck. <laughs> it's, it's cops. Today's what? When, Tuesday? Wednesday. Sleep day? Oh, Wednesday. Right. Um, and it's cop season. <laughs> it's cop season um, with the Yanks. We, we live in, on, the, on the bottom part of Highbridge for all you New Yorkers out there up in the Bronx. And baseball season is starting, which means that our neighborhood literally becomes a police state for for a bit. For a season. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway. We got special guest, we anonymous got number three. Anon three or two, hey. whichever, which I like some, mixing some up anonymous. the numbers. Um, one of the anonymous. One of the anonymous. One of the very familiar anons, if you keep up with us. Somebody, somebody said that they wanted us to title our tracks, right? Um, like, no, somebody like, just they couldn't was having find... a hard time finding finding a song. That Sorry they about to that. Hear. <laughs> um, maybe is there a way that we could tag the song? Can we tag the song? Yeah, I just feel like it's gonna get us found by robots. Quicker. Ooh, yeah, we don't want to. That, that's that what it, the that's main what it reason is. We I don't want to. It's already we're playing it really close to the, to the vest with our with our copyright laws. Yeah, this I, I like to imagine the robots on SoundCloud that look for song waveforms are just like those the squiddies from the Matrix <laughs> that are just like <laughs> floating around and like hunting around for and Kanye. like changing, no way, they're, not they're putting changing. the title in the title like puts out an EMP yeah they're totally like the, the a- agent smiths like showing up being everybody and like I don't know I feel like anyway What's the, what, the yeah. matrix metaphor is, is not what I'm after right now yeah what um, do you want to talk about I want to talk today so first off it's an opposite day for everybody who knows what that is that means that um, I don't know I just lead the charge to a mm-hmm. uh, church to quote longmont potion castle um and today we're going to talk about intentionality in music and if it and how much it matters and how much it forms what how you listen to what you're listening to yeah um Give when me i a, when i say intent, yeah I, I was going to but first i want to kind of gauge what you guys think of when with intentionality in music like what are what do you what is what what comes to mind? First thought is intentionality of songwriting mm-hmm. and the idea of of people who are incredibly trained to write perfect songs and people who can just sit down and kind of improvise right. a perfect song right off the bat without really knowing what like that they're doing all of these mm-hmm. incredibly well thought out things yeah. right. That yeah, would be my that, first thought. That is what I'm kind of... That's that's one of the things. What about you, Gary? Yeah, no. Um, or a non-three. <laughs> I think... Um, Always slipping. I think the same thing. That, that That's what I was thinking um, for my answer. Right. It was along those lines. Yeah, and, and, and so, yeah, that's that's kind of it, I think, is... is now more than ever, I think, when, when you have musicians... Um, using things like auto-tune or or you or just showing up and doing like one take on a on a beat that they've never heard before right uh-huh. like there's definitely interviews i remember one with with migos where they're like if we hear a beat we like we pause it right away and i'll get in the studio before we like they just try to go like really quick like if off a beat that they like you know uh-huh. like they purposely trying to avoid be like overthinking it and stuff like that right mm-hmm um, 
And in classical music, there's definitely a feeling of like, oh, like they don't know what they're doing, right? Like, the, how can you enjoy somebody that's playing this when they're not? Classical like, musicians, you think, think that like, for example, is, the Migos don't know what they're doing because they're not preparing for it, right? Yeah. That they're not that they're not thinking out, thinking out what they're doing before they're doing it. And and classical music is intentionality, like studied in music, I mm-hmm. think, right, with the score. Um, not like Baroque in, in like uh, m- improvising and shit, but like but like the Beethoven the state type. of it today maybe yeah the state of it today more than more than it probably was but even even back then I mean like the idea of a permanent document saying exactly how something goes is and written before it is performed mo- yeah a lot but of the I mean time. also like improvisation was a big part of, of, of music that. up yeah, until of up until like until the people 20th century <laughs> stopped caring and yeah um but yeah so so I don't know I, it's been on my mind a lot um I listen as I listen to you know like a lot of stuff that is coming from different areas like different cultures have different concepts of how you should engage with music right like if you're a white middle class to rich person it's like you study it seriously and get lessons and you you could go to a college for it and that means that you really like it right Mm -hmm. or or if you're in a different culture or something like that it's something that you do like with your family and stuff like that or it's associated with religion and stuff like that right Mm -hmm. like there's all these different ways that people have of interacting with music um, and I think that the int- intentionality is different for each uh, relationship between whoever's making the music and the music, right? That yeah. seems like a weird thing to say, but like everybody's got their own intent. Everybody's got something that they're in- intentionally trying to do. Nobody <laughs> like like as like take like a freestyle rap. Like they're still obviously trying to rap and rhyme words. Mm-hmm. And that is the in, that's intentional, right? Like it's not not intentional. They're not just coming up with words that rhyme. Yeah, and this is something the, that they've <clears throat> practiced, right? Their to whole the point, lives. it's not like they they're saying anything that they've like never said before a right. lot of the times too, right? Like they just know they've practiced words that rhyme together and different yeah. ways of saying things, and and um, but but since it's but it's not thought out before, right? So there's like diff, I want to talk about different kinds of intentionality first. And the kinds that we we think are most at play today in making good music. Also, I think there's like an interesting side side of, quest. No side of that topic, which is the idea of like intention and and craft, like careful, deliberate craft kind of robbing something of its like more spiritual of kind its of life freeness, form. right? Yeah, of course. Because that's like, I, I feel like that's a huge part of like black music in America is mm-hmm. that so much is like improvised and kind of always and has that's why been white, in like white, gospel. Us white people love it so much is because yeah. it's like the opposite of our experience with music up until this point. I feel like because it, it's like, oh, they wrote the perfect ballad, the perfect number. Everything was structurally there. You uh-huh. know, like when you listen to like Aerosmith, I don't want to close my eyes. Right. It's yeah. like the opposite. It's so obviously thought out. Before. Yeah, but that one well, still right, makes think, me tear. Oh no! It comes down to control. It comes down to like a reflection of like control in the respective cultures or like mm-hmm. under under the culture. 
under the dominated like heteronormative like Europe, Europe, white European male like, pee culture. Pee boo boo culture. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so like, I mean, and kind of going back to, to what you said, I don't, I think it's kind of like important to give a perspective, like a perspe- a larger perspective on, on the whole thing. And I don't think it's necessarily like, uh, like, I think you need to expand the, the saying that it's just a white thing to go to school and like, like try to like, um, for music? Yeah. I mean, it's not only like, well, you know it what I'm is because we, we did it first and didn't allow people of color to do but, that. No, but I mean, I'm, I'm saying is like, th- there are people of color that are still like doing that. Of course. Yeah. But, but culturally I feel like that the, the, the way that Western European, yeah. it's, it's, a sh- it's one of the crown. It's like the showcase of our art is that like what, what we have, we study how intentional we, we, but I mean, I guess we value I guess, its intentionality on a, a in a fetishized way. Okay. That other cultures don't. That, as far as I know, because I don't know them, right? I I guess the the only thing that I'm like that I'm saying here is I like it almost seems like you're excluding other cultures' ability to like write intentional or like want to study music I've, to that absolutely not. Degree. No. no, I know. I don't think that's what you're saying, but it's just like no. but but. I don't think that classical musicians get around and just improvise like other groups of no, musicians do. No, not nearly do. as not nearly as like much. people who play uh, ragas. Get no, I, I no, I definitely, I definitely agree. That's with what you. I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, is, yeah, yeah, is the idea of like at the end of the day, are you recreating something that has already been purposely thought out, or are you using what you know to yeah. intentionally create something in the moment? Yeah, right. Um, that's that's what I meant. Is that Western European music? went way towards the former in that case okay like and and eliminated improv out of its process almost entirely like to the point where you have like milton babbitt and shit like that right and 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 elliot carter and pierre boulez or Mm -hmm. dumitrescu and stuff like that you know you have like things that can't even possibly be done they're so articulated right um which is like a weird end to go, I think, like because it's like kind of isolating at the end of the day. Yeah. Right. Anyway. What is well? Yeah. I mean, going off of that, like, what is the intentionality behind that kind of? That's. I feel like it's pointless at this point. It's like they just want to be intentional about everything to be intentional about mm. everything. Like it's like a control. Like I kind of. I always thought that like serialism kind of shared something with Marxism, when like they kind of came about. In a like, they have similar I don't know, like qualities. Well, like of, liberating tonality. The, or, yeah, just <laughs> Every like note is equal. <laughs> I'm not even yeah, kidding. No, no, though, I know. Yeah. But like a but an equal playing ground for like all all people involved in making a product, right? Or an equal mm. playing ground for for notes and stuff like that, right? Like it's a very for loose, musical not material. Important, yes. Like for and it's a not important metaphor. Um, to even think about it's not worth it but i I sometimes think about i mean we were talking about this the other day that a lot of kind of serialism onward and just spiraling downwards through the (laughs) the 20th century it's a spiraling kind of down it is because it's all Mm -hmm. like all those like calculus functions just like Mm -hmm. taking you deeper and deeper into the last circle of classical music yeah Um, Zanakis is like doing huge architectural equations I mean the intentionality of that almost stops being 
to me at least. I mean, I know there are people who go out and perform that and are like super just like the white knights of classical music, 20, right. 20th century. Um, but it almost, it almost feels more like John Cageian as to just like point out how ridiculous it is that we're still doing this. Mm-hmm. That's like how a lot of it comes off as almost just right. like tongue in cheek. As yeah. like mm. I wrote a two minute piece that has eighty two thousand notes in <laughs> yeah. it and you fucking idiots are gonna try to play it for yeah. years. Yeah. Like like uh, isn't there there's literally like an Elliot Carter piece called like ninety like ninety, 90 plus. Ninety plus, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, um but yeah, like I feel like and and this is a big reason, like I think why um, black music culture is so um, sought after by white culture now too. You know, I think it's because like there is this this difference in like what is intentional and what's not, and the ability to let go the intentionality of one thing to understand the intentionality of something else. Right, like the the beats, for example, are so considered. For almost every major, for every major production song that ha- hip hop song, yeah, like you have a studio with f- like fifty grand worth of equipment at and several least, several writers and several writers. If you look at the credits to say like we are listening to like good music, cruel summer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and like there's like a hundred people in the studio mm-hmm. making sure that everything sounds right, so that Kanye can go up and be like. Hey, and man, like, and and like, I I love Kanye, and it's a great album. But I mean, like, there's a certain sense of like they create this totally controlled thing, so somebody can go in there and like fuck around. On right? the on the flip side of that, though, I mean, there's just as much of a spectrum with that side of things as well, where like the controlled Kanye right. studio is classical, is like a a shares like the flip side with classical and then like i remember that watching this interview with the dude who made the beat for uh black beetle the ray shimmered mm-hmm. and he was just like yeah i just i had this one like bass line and then i just i just pressed this one button i hadn't pressed before and it, it just made all the like and he was like and i just thought it sounded cool so we we just wrapped over that and yeah it's just like uh-huh <laughs> So you just pressed the I mean, button. like, to be fair, though, I would play it down, too, if somebody ever asked me how I did something. Like, uh, especially, true. like, I'm, I'm going to try, I would purposely try to sound as dumb as possible, <laughs> I feel like, almost, be, because, like, and, and then, like, why would I do, like, I feel like because you don't want to seem intentional about it. That's not the, like... I feel like nobody ever comes out and is like, I worked so hard. Let me take you measure by measure of my thought process of something. Because, like, that's part of what everybody wants to get away from anyway, I feel like, with, with I don't know. I, I just feel like, and I can speak to it personally because, like, I don't know. I feel like there's something that I get from, from hip-hop that is, that, that is related to what I went through with classical music. Right, it's like the opposite spectrum in my brain, personally, of of a couple of things, of of like attitude for one, obviously, um, and there's I don't know, there's like you said, there's like people in the studio, but then there's also people making beats that are just like, like, dude, loop that, <laughs> right, mm-hmm. and that's it, and and how does that like, 
Yeah, you said you wanted to walk through like different kinds of music yeah, with us. Uh, right. So, and different kinds of intentionality that 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 plays out in a genre's favor or give disadvantage. A, give us like a starting point. Okay. Um where let's take cadenzas for a second. Right? Like classical concerto yes, cadenzas. Classical concerto cadenzas. Uh-huh. Like one of the few remaining spots where somebody has like a lot of liberty right and it's accepted to take that much liberty right uh-huh. um, not talking about like glenn gold recreating like and taking out notes of music but like where you are specifically counted on to be unique yeah and and in the moment which right? in like the day that they were composed was purely purely revised then throughout kind of the romantic era like composers famous composers right, yeah. started writing cadenzas for music mm-hmm. and now basically the point we've come to is that if you really want to try to keep in kind of the vein of that tradition you maybe write your own cadenza but, but predominantly play but it's a very confused Beethoven's area cadenza. i feel like cadenzas now yeah because there's this strife with the intentionality that that you're told to obsess over yeah. and then you have to like and then it's like up oh, this well they say you have to do you you have to be unique now, <laughs> so you have yeah, to go be unique. After after like, a, have you ever a year two? of of pouring over the appoggiatura in measure thirty two of Mozart's concerto, you get to measure this where he just says, "Now you're on your own." Right, and you have to you have to wonder if you can take that as seriously as you took all the stuff mm. leading up to it beforehand. Because I've seen some people totally like blow like do absurd shit in in the cadenzas too. Just to be like funny i remember i went to this one piano thing with with michael um and and like they were doing like an early beethoven concerto i think number two and he mm-hmm. just did like literally like a hand gliss <laughs> like that and it was like super hammy but i thought it was kind of funny like <laughs> and i kind of enjoyed it because it was just like so out of nowhere right yeah. and it was like at least that was like kind of it acknowledged what you were supposed to kind of do, right? <laughs> like, it's it wasn't just, like, some super scared 18-year-old, like, playing exactly the cadenza that their teacher wrote down. Like, thinking, you like, know? oh, what was it again? Like, Right, uh, yeah. Like, okay. yeah, he's just, like, yeah, he's, like, playing, you know? Like, and, and it's a silly piece. What um, if he poured over that glissando for years? <laughs> yeah, and I was, like, I'm practicing the cadenza now. <laughs> he surgically got some, like, brass knuckles. His, his fingers were bleeding for weeks prior to all the practice he put into it um right so so there's there's like layers of there's like weird blind spots in classical music where you're still expected to do the thing that nobody is taught to do anymore which is just play right (laughs) Right? like like well because it's kind of it's it's well first of all improvisation is generally not taught in classical music, right. like period, there's not like study for it's it unless you 100% go hundred percent like, something that you have to learn how to do on your own. Right? Yeah, like, I mean, schools are starting <laughs> to include like programs about it, but it's like very like, historical much so. performance is more. Yeah, w- and there's like a couple that. like well-known piano instructors now at like different colleges around the U.S. who are like training their students specifically you in can, improvisation. You can improvise figuring your own bass. Yeah, um, and like dudes who try to like improvise Bach fugues and whatnot on the spot um right yeah. but there's like Bucky like four like Bucky. three or four of them yeah yeah um and then second of all like it, it, the what what classical music has done to improvisation is it's made it 
like a like a chore. A chore. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's mm-hmm. it's it's what was supposed to be the part where you kind of I mean, I just have to imagine at some point it was supposed to be enjoyable. Well, yeah, because it was just the music <laughs> of the time. Because like, it wasn't like they were trying to write in a style specific. Well, like they did, it was too big for that at the time. Like you just played like that. It's just taking like the the role of individuality in like classical music has played a role on this because like you know people just want to like play what's safe and like it's become so much like removed from the performer, right? Other than just like I don't know, I guess they're like. I have right, to imagine went all on the composer. play like a part in this too is needing everything to be like just just fine and not needing to like go above and beyond anything and if mm. it's acceptable to do something and you'll get like high marks and a passing grade then then do that mm-hmm. like I think the culture of classical music in like the last hundred years has been really shaped by like conservatories and schools right. and competitiveness between people um, mm-hmm. much more so than than when it was more about uh, composers and playing for like a purpose or something right. like well now it's like it's like Guitar Hero it's like who can play the best like Dude, I suck you know, at guitar list or whatever <laughs> Garrett rules at I was so good at Guitar Hero I, I was so bad at holding the guitar oh, like man. a guitar that I flipped it down and started no oh my doing god you, like a piano nerd. and I was so much better I would just get so bored that I would whammy bar every single note that I could <laughs> <laughs> expert um on expert he mutters softly to himself improv is like the the outcast child of classical music i feel like where it was it is it was loved at once and then it it and then like the family went the other way (laughs) and left it kind of in the dust i mean like i remember peter maxwell davies right Mm -hmm. he said like in this one master class at one point he was like uh he was like composing has just slowed down improv anyway right and it was like kind of an insightful thing because i think that this also plays into why some classical music feels better than others too or like is more enjoyable is because you it it was somebody improvising and they wrote it down right or like Mm -hmm, the spirit mm -hmm. of that is still captured on the page Mm. right yeah. And that's kind of like one of the beautiful kind of unique things about working with a score, I feel like, right? Is like mm. is that you can somehow capture forever like intuition, right? If you know how. Like mm-hmm. you play something and you're like, or like shit, develop that was your dope, into it. Yeah. Right? Like I got to that that's how that should, like you play the beginning, your exposition and then you're like sitting there and you're like just playing around with your ideas for your development trying to figure something out. Yeah. And you get on something and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and then you run over to the paper, right? Like, I mean, that also can be achieved now by just just recording. Recording <laughs> right. it all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which we still don't us, do. <laughs> <laughs> like, we'll sit at a piano for like an hour and a half just goofing mm-hmm. off before right. we remember we could record at all <laughs> yeah we still i feel like instead of being born with like a a, a G, gps tracker i want to just be born with like a, a recorded thing <laughs> your so brain would be so G- full of data yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh anyway um so in classical music that would be one right um, yeah and i think that it's the only one that i feel comfortable to speak about with any like certainty because I went through it but there's also but I mean like there's also what I mean just to just to like play slight devil's advocate is like people could argue 
that in the recreation of the intentioned notes, there's a certain amount of freedom to do certain things. Like, that's always the big debate in classical music, right? Is like, well, yes, you're playing the same Beethoven sonata over and over and over again, but, like, that's like my this cat. person played it slightly differently. It's like my, like cat's freedom throughout the day though mm. like he's stuck in the house <laughs> like he he can move around differently and stuff but you're just in the house and then at some point somebody opens the window and is like okay now you gotta tap dance <laughs> um i don't know yeah no i mean but, it's, but it's... i feel like the freedom is so sad it's like but i can play it loud or soft <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> but and that's it um <laughs> yeah um but but like i mean like the the subtleties that's why the subtleties are everything in classical music though right like your rubato and your your how 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 you do your portamentos and how yeah. you fucking you know like everything is about the subtlety of it um because that's how you that's micro expressions yeah. that's like the performer's job yep um but is that really like that's something that is practiced anyway and not really like i mean like you, I remember you saying when you played the Berg Sonata that you you found like that you could like kind of play it a little differently every time and bring out like different voices and stuff. It's like playing Bach fugues, yeah. right? It's like whatever your ear is kind of latching onto. If you've practiced it enough, you can just kind of bring that part out without mm -hmm. thinking about it before. I guess that's a form of of like using intuition. And, yeah, and, but even in but, the, in the realm of that, it was such minute things. It yeah. really doesn't like hold a candle to any kind of to, actual right. improvisation. To just like going up and and somebody's playing a bass line and you're holding an instrument and it's like just for me um as somebody who like didn't have any like training on how to improvise, didn't have any like real jazz training or like any kind of structured like somebody telling me what improvisation is about. What it's kind of turned into for me when I just sit down and play, I feel like it just turns into weird mashups of like <laughs> everything I've ever played on right. the piano. Mm. But that's, that's which is very a very bizarre little hybrid that I feel like just exists I kind don't of think today. That that's as uncommon as you think, though. I mean, like everybody's improv is an amalgamation of what they're most used to playing plus like what they're thinking about. Yeah, right. Like you were telling me about that one uh, in Giant Steps, right? How he does that one riff like 60 or 70 times right i don't maybe it wasn't you but like coltrane just goes like like this one finger pattern on the saxophone that's uh -huh. that was just a warm-up for him like in this one track he does it like 60 or 70 times it's not like an important you know like he's doing a ton of other stuff but there's just muscle memory there right just yeah. like when you practice your like scales or yeah, whatever. Yeah, or like I think or, we talked on a podcast like, about that eight bit theory guy doing the Mario the Mario cart uh, theme song yeah. from like eight and like talking about how jazz players' fingers just kind of naturally That's go what into it was. like muscle yeah. memory and mm -hmm. do licks that they like remember just right. kind of instinctively. Well what about what about I mean not to not to just derail it but let's could we talk about jazz next yeah i feel like that, that's a weird yeah. one um because jazz is like there were standards right there's uh -huh. the idea of a standard that's supposed to go a certain way that people already know it's kind of like when they used to do like the the pop masses back in like the renaissance where it was like with a tune that everybody recognized pop goes the mass <laughs> <laughs> but you know what i'm talking about right like the palestrina when you explode a tumor <laughs> what do they call those it's not the head of the mass <laughs> Right? 
the, the, the balls. No, the uh, the Kama Sutra or whatever is the ba- what's the the basos singing it, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, or like the the like the tenor will be singing in a super slow motion, like yeah. some pop tune from the day, while there's all these church things going around it right that's mm-hmm. like a that was a really popular thing to do yeah um for a couple hundred years actually which is mm-hmm. crazy to think about um and it's funny to think that the church had to borrow from like pop music to get their congregation to like their super complicated heavenly music yeah it's like a an, an choir of angels but it's like slow motion samba Will everybody, will everybody please rise for Misa Wrecking Ball? Misa. <laughs> Sanctus Alleluia Wrecking Ball. <laughs> Misa Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Um, Wait, well, how, what does that have to do with jazz? Um, that it's a standard? Because you have a standard song that is then uh, contrapuntalized upon, but in a different way. Like, uh-huh. it, like rather than the, the song going on at the same time, the song exists in its standard form in the listener's head. Like, I know how summertime goes. Mm-hmm. Summertime and da 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 right? But when, like, Coltrane starts on, like, a half-diminished chord, oops, sorry, on, like, a half-diminished chord, and it's, like, crazy drums, and he's playing the beginning to summertime, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's... That's different. I there's like a it's it's an engaging me with what I already preconceived the song as being, right? Like, it's not it's not the same kind of improv as like free jazz or something like that. Yeah. There's there's still like a track to it that you can or like a yeah. a, a route that that can be or like you know like I'm just thinking of my of John Coltrane now apparently, but like my favorite things off that same album, right? Like, but. I I brought up jazz because it feels like something that started as a, like, a fun idea, right? (laughs) Sure. Like, in the same way that, like, all music starts is everybody's like, hey, I like this song. Let's play this song. Hey, I'm tired of playing this song. Let's let's goof off on the... And then then close with the song again. And, like... That that started as kind of a fun thing in the spirit of kind of goofing off and improvisation and non-intentionality, right? right like, yeah. like the point of jazz was to not prepare your your solos and right. kind of go up there and do whatever you want to do in the moment. It's bizarre to me how over the last hundred years or so that has kind of warped into a new kind of intentionality, which is why yeah. I was thinking about that is like jazz conservatories. Yeah. And stuff yeah. Like, well, so I'm, I'm thinking about like a, a comparative metaphor with skateboarding. <laughs> and, yeah. Okay. So Tony's like, Hawks. So Bam Margarine. Let's take Tony's Hawk. Bam Margarine. <laughs> Bam Margarine and Tony's Hawks. Um, but so like imagine you like you spend a lot of time learning how to like balance yourself on a skateboard and do yeah. tricks and, and etc. But when you go into like let's say you do a run or like you you enter a competition, mm-hmm. it's basically freestyle. You know what tricks you can do and you know sequences and stuff. But like maybe maybe not though. I mean like if you know the skate park and you've done like this one routine a hundred times, right? Like that's not in that's kind of like 
I, I mean, but I see what you're saying. But yeah. I just feel like skating competitions weirdly go kind of both ways. <laughs> well, like, I mean, I guess wait, like yeah. let him let him more let the just, man. Just, sorry. Based, just more based on the the ideal of like like trying to expand what or trying to ask what intentionality means because like you know that's also an intention you know right. like just being like okay I'm gonna go into this and just do it mm-hmm. and right like. Signing up is an intentional thing, <laughs> like for for like what you're doing. And yeah. I feel like that, that's like a, a deeper intentionality. Is that like I intentionally want to play music comes across way more in jazz than it does in classical music, sure. for instance, hmm. right? It's like classical music is like I intend it, I to want make to my be par- music, right. <laughs> or it's like I am intentionally doing this so that my parents will be proud of me. That's like, why I specifically think, though, that like conservatory jazz and like big band standard, basically everything that's not like free jazz, right? It, that um, is the performers of jazz falling into the same yeah. kind of warmth that classical musicians have from it's nice. just knowing what to do. And, and you can build more on that for sure. Like yeah. you couldn't, you couldn't have like all the great pieces of music that we remember with their, without there being like a certain amount of collective knowledge that was passed down. Exactly. Right? Um, and so it's not an inherently bad thing. But it's weird to see that happen to a new genre too. It's right? weird to see it happen to a genre that was like that is like in such recent memory that you can rec- you hear the start of it where it was purely improvisational whereas we can't really know kind of what classical music used to sound like when it was kind of improvisational right. mm-hmm. um so it's it's crazy to have like a little microcosm to look at of a musical form start as a throwing off of intentionality right. and then slowly kind of boils so much of the excess like fat and skim off of something to just almost cut it down. Like whenever I heard Juilliard jazz kids perform, it sounded like it was like almost a science. It was right. like, bam, we're all playing this thing. And like, we've got this fun little lick right in the middle here that we all do together. And then bam, this kid who always nails his solo does his solo that he's trained perfectly in the style to do. And like, it's always, and then there's the one kid who always like adds the crazy note, and that's why he's the wild card. And like, it was always just like, Oh my God, like this is like watching like a sitcom. (laughs) No, but, but it's like, but it does. You're right. Like academic jazz having like been exposed to that. Like did feel very choreographed, mm-hmm. right? And and I feel like it, it it's it's trying to it must be in a weird weird place to be at a place of learning for something that is supposed to be freely thought of, like in the moment, yeah. right? Like no, that, it always that in gave itself me great. is like it like you're taking on a huge mental challenge to do that. I think um, not, and and I'm sure that you can get something awesome out of it, but I feel like it would also be easy to. <clears throat> Just go down the same route as all academics, which is just like get dry and boring with it and yeah, no. care about the wrong things and I forget always, why you do it. I feel like right? the, the Juilliard jazz kids always made me feel very insecure and uncool. And then in the back of my mind, I was like, yeah, but you're all here, you're too. You're all, here. <laughs> <laughs> you're all at this fucking school doing the yeah. exact same shit. And now I, I've talked about this a couple times um, on the podcast, but the um, Columbia has a hip hop archive no you've talked about it incorrectly on a couple podcasts harvard does harvard um harvard has the uh it's because i think the kid from columbia told told 
Uh-huh. That's that. Um, yeah, Harvard is now, hip hop is what, 30 something years old? And it's already being archived by like a, by a ye old institute, right? I feel like, I feel like um, there's like an interesting kind of thing happening in academia through like the civil rights movement and stuff. Um, do you remember reading those New York Phil um, letters from the civil rights movement? This is a bit off topic, but like how like they were they were being pressured to hire people of color, mm-hmm. and and they were just like like giving every excuse. Yeah, they're just like, for well, they years didn't play years. violin good enough. Yeah, I'd be like, but then we would be lowering our standards. We Ooh. hired a we hired a black man to go find black people for us, but he says they're all not good enough. Like literally, like I'm not even kidding. Um, uh, I don't know why I thought of that just now, but but. Um, fuck the New York Philharmonic. Fuck Lincoln Center. It's a, a state. If the state didn't pay for it, it would be a Taco Bell by now. And that, I would like that. Um, but so it's a for national that new Taco treasure. Bell to open up by us. Um, but fear, seriously, what is, what is my point? Hip hop archive. Oh, yeah. oh, you were, what, you were, oh, you're right. Um, like academia trying to get in on the get in early on new new wave things and and archiving them and saying like like uh whether it's um you know like queer culture and queer theory or or hip-hop archives and stuff like that some some i and i i feel like that's an interesting kind of place thing to discuss but maybe on another podcast Mm -hmm. at the end of the day um because it has nothing to do with what we're talking about other than other than um people are intentionally now trying to to create an archive of a genre that they know is going to be like a a thing that people will want to study later yeah um whereas i feel like jazz had so much resistance in being taken seriously up until like juilliard didn't even have a jazz department until what like 10 years ago 10 years ago when we were there yeah um so a (laughs) hundred no um but but like i don't know i think that i think that that's an interesting thing. It's all, it, it's it's like a weird choice that a genre can make. Like imagine if I'm trying to think of something that's n- totally not on the radar for academia at all, um, like musically. Um, vaporwave. <laughs> sure. <laughs> like imagine if suddenly there is like a vaporwave class <laughs> at uh-huh. at Juilliard, right? Like, what does that do to vaporwave? What and and like or or just literally like still talking about hip hop, like a class where you teach your kids how to rap. Right. Yeah. Like, exactly. Which is like the exact like the whole. I, I'm not. I am nowhere near going to presume what the whole point of hip hop is is, but I feel like a big part of it is like l- listening and learning how, from just listening to people do it. Right. Uh-huh. Like it's it's a. Uh, it's first and foremost an audio thing, right? I don't know, or like a heard thing. Throw another, throw in, somebody, throw out another genre okay. of, of of music to, to speak to intentionality of. Okay, uh, let's talk about hip hop. Okay. Um. So there's beats. We already talked a little bit about this. Mm-hmm. Um. There's intentionality in in the production of the song, mm-hmm. but but oftentimes what gets paid the big money for is like the the 
spur of the moment verse from somebody who can do that right like yeah but there's also the there's also the opposite end of that where yeah, like rappers are sitting there writing like books upon books of of lyrics <laughs> yeah, down and like and like picking and choose like cherry picking their favorite ones and kind of mushing them together like mm-hmm. and maybe they were improvised on the spur of the moment like what is improvisation if you're just sitting and writing down thoughts you're right. having at that point but like right. there's there's rappers who sit there and kind of yeah, do do an intentionality that's almost close to classical music of You're writing down thousands of pages of things and then picking some of them to perform. Right. Yeah. And and you were talking about how how Kanye like wrote down his words for the first time in Dark Twisted Fantasy. Dark Twisted Fantasy. Yeah. Right. Rather than just like like that's a that that seems to be to Kanye West, like to write it down means to take it more seriously. Yeah. Right. As opposed to just like and remember them. I, I want to sit. I want to think about that for a second. Yeah. Does also, shout out, it, shout out to just dissect podcast, which people told me to listen to after we first showed up and listen to all of season two on that, and it's a dope show, and everybody should check it out. Which is oh, yeah. where I where I heard this tidbit about Kanye West, kind of. Yeah, I mean the the general theory was. He'd just been so, like, blackballed by, like, the VMAs and all that stuff. And everybody just hated him, like, right after his big rise to fame. Um, And, yeah, he kind of just disappeared for, like, a year and then came back and wanted to, like, viewed this album as, like, his, com- like, comeback album. And so he wanted to really take it seriously. So he wrote down all of his lyrics for all the songs was, was the idea behind it. Right. And, and, and I think that this is kind of one of the main things now I've realized that I wanted to talk about is, is intentional intentionality inherently better or worse? Like, I feel like, um, I think a lot of people see it as better as, as like, as having more of a possibility to like, quote unquote, get it right. Right. Like if I sit and write down my words, then I can take my time until I have exactly what I want to say versus when I'm put on the spot, I might just say a ton of one-liners that I know rhyme together because that's like the first thing that I think of. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that they're really equatable for in the same kind of worth. I don't think that one is better or worse than the other per se. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think it's something that I think about and I think it's something that other people inherently think about too. It's like, People want to watch people who are good at their instruments. People want to watch people who have practiced, who have intentionally learned this thing. Um, they don't want to listen to somebody just kind of make some bullshit. Well, up. what's what's the difference between like intention and passion? Well, passion, intention is like doing it. Passion is feeling it, maybe. Right, like if well, I, I mean, like if like practicing your stuff intentionally doesn't take passion, <laughs> uh, I've learned that. <laughs> well, I mean, um, but, but like, what, what about you? Say like, oh, did you did you clean your room today? No, but I intended to. Uh, no, I mean like, in. <laughs> Um, think about though i i i would like what about like an art comparison an art comparison okay yeah my brain my brain just went in this direction when you said that is people want to watch somebody who who has like worked on something because it inherently puts 
it makes a spectacle out of something. It makes it something that you can't do. You're you're paying mm. for the experience of watching or hearing somebody do something that you are incapable of doing. Right. Which like is most most like readily shown to just like be silly in I feel like just kind of modern art world, right? Is right. like w- the thing that pisses everybody off so much about going to modern art museums is like it's just a white canvas right. with a piece of my <laughs> two-year-old could throw it on that. Yeah. Right. So you feel like you're being ripped off because all that's there is the intention. Right. There's none of the, there's none of the, um, uh, no, I feel like, I feel like it's the opposite. I feel like it's all, all there is, is the, the, like, like, I feel like what people want is to see the intentional, strive towards learning the art and the craft by becoming like a very good figurative painter. I think of that as the intention for me is like, I intend to capture this as I see it because that is what my craft is about. Right. right? But think about, think about like uh, Rothko or like John Cage even as just having been so like deeply ingrained in like, classical kind of art forms that you the the art form is almost taking all the things you know and getting rid of them Mm -hmm. as intention right because you're not Mm -hmm. you're not doing it you're not you're rejecting the very sexy thought you're rejecting the showing all the all the work that goes into it and just being taken on your word that you are doing this as a response to something bigger right Right. that this is Mm -hmm. more than just a white canvas this is like a big response in art history to some other feelings and like a reflection of the time that we're in right um yeah and that is that is also an intention you're absolutely yeah that's right. like the ultimate like fucking intention because you're not even like doing shit anymore but but i think i think that having now been in like the third or fourth generation after that yeah like it's a, it's a bounce that has to keep going back and forth. Like people people are now wanting hyper realism mm-hmm. as a new kind of thing. Well, I mean, right? also with like the development Photo, of like of photography and yeah. stuff mm-hmm. for sure. Like like I see a lot Higher more definition. realism art in like in like you know hip art circles than I do abstract art. I feel like mm-hmm. um, these days. Um, but that doesn't mean anything because I don't know shit about visual art. But but like I I don't know. I think that I think that we're living in a kind of like weird space. Usually intent the the relationship for artists and intentionality is more clearly defined than it is nowadays mm-hmm. across all genres, I think. Um and I wonder if that speaks to something bigger about life. Could could we take a, a patented pee break for a minute yeah. and clear our heads? Yeah, we'll be back. Hi, Colin. Um, it's um, like a thirty-minute pee. The uh, I think that are we are we in uh like a postmodern age of am I evil? <laughs> of is that what of intention? Um, that's what I'm asking. Doesn't a lot intention of intention is like uh, is something that everybody that makes something thinks about from, and I think a lot of it has to do with the wave of like throwing off intention throwing off that kind of intentionality too right? yeah like people are more conscious that there's a choice to be made now it's not just like it's either good art or it's not right there's like there's, there's also something to be said for 
the fact that almost every art form that has been in development for the last hundred years or so or more has gotten much more accessible in its like modern form, right? Mm -hmm. Like photography, film, music, uh, just like anything. That's a great point. That's a good point, dude. Like, like so many people are so much more capable of sitting with their garage band on their phone or their, their iPhone camera that takes better pictures than can were ever taken on like a film camera and like people who are able to like make movies entirely on like their GoPro attached to their forehead. Like there's, there's a lot record hours and hours and hours of music. Right. Like, Like, because, because before the art proved itself, right? Right. The art, the fact that you made a painting or the fact that you created a song proved the intention because you had to sit there right. and cut the tape and play the instruments and exactly. record was, everything yeah. and sing everything you just the fact that something was made was proof of the the man hours exactly. that you put into it exactly but now with like so much accessibility to all of these things somebody who sits down and goofs around on garage band for a couple hours can probably make something that if you show it to a random person on the street, wouldn't sound any different from somebody making something on GarageBand that they spent a big year on or something, right? right? Like, because there's such an ease of of, of right. creation. user interface. I think plays like how how technology is bent towards consumerism. I think plays a large reason in why people are now once again seeking like, or 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 like why why a certain amount of people seek. Um, that level of intentionality and that's important to them because like anybody can dick around right. these days. It's right? like, it's, it's like the same feeling <laughs> like, like that's all we do. It's the um, same feeling of like going and I feel like, I feel like it draws comparisons in my head to people who are like, I'm going to go live off the grid and do this for by myself for a year because I'm sick of Facebook and, right. and my job and consumerism is, is like you could also go and like, teach yourself how to f- fine art oil paint for a year. Right. Like it's got the same feeling, right? Yeah. As like an escape from like a certain amount of like or learn how to compose or yeah. play the piano. It's got this like, very like wholesome old feeling of like I'm gonna get really good at something that's very right. mechanical. And that's like something that I'm very appreciative for existing also because it gives a purpose to my life from and structure from like like hours of practicing because I I know for a fact that there's I can get better and there's more music for me to play when I get better, right? Yeah. And that I like that music too and that would be cool to play, right? Mm-hmm. From that being a structured thing that people make easy, medium, and hard music to to like everything about everything about like the the system of of the more hours you spend with it the better you get at it i think is like a really really uh vital structure to um any art right like any art that like i think that's kind of part of what that timeless feeling is is like also like if i care about this and like intentionally try to get better i can because people have and like like and going back to going back to 
improvisation. I think it's important to 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 bring up. I mean, we already said it, but the the sixteen year old kid who who freestyles on like his SoundCloud track and then gets like a million hits or whatever, like that that comes off to to a random person who's not really interested and hears it and hears that descriptor as like a goof, right? right? In the same like way a glitch that in the system, in the same way that the, like a painting with a big piece of elephant poop in the middle <laughs> comes off as like a right. glitch yeah. as why is it in this art museum? Right. But the unseen part is the intention part, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And you can practice, you can practice, you can, I don't think it's so much about whether or not intention is, is good or bad. It's what you, what you direct your intention towards. That's like right? Spider-Man. It's like people with great power comes great responsibility. No. Toby Maguire, rest in peace. <laughs> we're, we're trying to we're we're not trying to. We are we are declaring Toby Maguire dead as of the recording of this podcast. Rest Hope, in peace. Rest in peace. Um, but, but think about cause because at the end of the day, <clears throat> classical music and the absurd amount of intention that is put into the study and the practice and the playing of it. That has gotten in its own way. For sure now, it's like too big of a burden to carry for anybody. Like, like because there's so much to live up to. And the yeah. standard has been reached and hired, like raised so many times. Right. And it's all... And everybody's just and trying everybody, to be like, yeah, like the Michael Phelps of classical yeah. music and somehow yeah. even now break 18 records or whatever. Right. Yeah, um, when it's like, like it's done. Like kind of, but that intentionality is just disguised in other things, right? Because like the sixteen-year-old kid, that wasn't his first time rapping. I'm sure, right? Exactly. Like, like he, that's he, the that's the big thing to say. The guy who threw the elephant poop at the wall, that wasn't his first time throwing the elephant poop throwing at the, the wall. elephant poop at the wall. Like everybody, stuff. The the dedication that I think is sought after is the knowledge that somebody's put the intention into something. Like the people are pissed off when they hear that somebody just did something, walked in and did something once that they'd never tried before and did a great job. That pisses everybody off. Right. It's like, oh, you've never played pool before and you just sank every ball in your first try. Like that's annoying. Yes. The kid who has the SoundCloud million track thing as his first single didn't just do that. Right. I mean, maybe he did, and I would be he pissed could've. off. But, but, that, but that in itself is also a really interesting <laughs> testament to something. Uh-huh. I, I, I applaud the goof, the one-off, or the, the person who, who like has never tried before and is suddenly and like, and made a hit. I I'm think that there's something to, to that, I'm too. just trying to really iron home the fact that whatever your art Absolutely. form her is if even if it is improvisatory and intentionally goofy and intentionally stupid it is it is to be thought and like considered by people if you really put the work into it right in the same way that like our like i i feel like our jingles were kind of a testament to that right as oh, like yeah. as like a concept to be inherently stupid but we put 
so much time into it right. and like really got we never thought about them no but like but and but in the we, same way but, that but that that wasn't the intentionality of those was just doing them mm-hmm. like regardless of how bad we thought they were at first which is the intention of most like improvised art forms i feel like like at nobody you, you lowering the uh, bar you keep going to like your m&m eight mile freestyle battles until you like finally win one and get get good at like like you're practicing something it's not like goofing off right and yeah. there is there is only intention inherent it, yeah. in all forms of of improvisation right um which is that's that's the that's thing that thing. like classical music lost right is yeah. the willingness to put as much work into the art of goofing off right as they do into the art of like being serious very articulately said um yeah where does that okay so not to not to hijack where you obviously were going next um but let's talk about let's talk about us what is our what is our when are you gonna propose (laughs) (laughs) i've been sitting here with this rock on my finger (laughs) for nigh on 18 years and i just i'm waiting for you no um what amount of of intentionality, improvisation, and anything yeah. do we appreciate the most? Um, do I appreciate the most? Do you appreciate? Do you strive to do in your own creation? Because like well, those you are said already, things, okay. I feel like because I I feel that a lot of the times I try to set myself up intentionally to be unintentional, right? Um, this is something that, that I started doing as an exercise because I just felt like a very stiff musical person. Yeah, no, every, if you are, if you are a conservatory trained person, you just like lust after the idea of just not caring about something. Or like you, or you're scared of it, which is also valid because like you're taught to that that's failure yeah right? i mean like, you're, you're scared <laughs> of it but you also i feel like every conservatory person sees this like improvisatory passionful something and is just like they spaghetti want dinners. it but they but they <laughs> <laughs> like spaghetti dinners it's something that just seems so out of reach right because right. you're just because so you've never had fun making making music like in a conservatory no. in, on You've the You've had spot. fun in your own just little way, right. which is if you devote your life to it, then it's a very big way. Right. Like I know music teachers at Juilliard who were very happy people who who just yeah. were so overjoyed to show students that you could you could play this tiny little thing in this way and it would just improve it ever so slightly right, and they yeah. were just like cackling with like happiness mm-hmm. in the press those are my favorite people at juilliard yeah. is like the people who saw the fucking joy of it because um, yeah because they want to be there but but everybody yeah no back to your i interrupted you unintent practicing unintentionality i feel like stems from uh, like stems very heavily in classical music from the fact that you've just been kind of smushed into this kind right. of narrow lane for yourself right. where you think about everything too hard yeah, like pauline oliveros john cage anybody who's like messing with like aleatoric or text-based things right or chance-based things mm-hmm. like it's not like it was some crazy unique idea to try to like you know to try to shake some of that off but yeah but it, but yeah we did it we 
we I think intention is something that I'm constantly thinking about with with when I make stuff also. And I'm trying I I like to like blur the line a lot for myself, I think, and not know and know and and keep it kind of a vague, not either one or the other entirely. I think that 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 allows an, a certain level of of like interest like having intentionality and unintentionality going on at the same time is like what makes a lot of music really good. Walk me through a couple like periods though. Like okay, when so you let's were talk at, about like okay. Hang on. When you were at Juilliard, I'm going to interview you now. When you were at Juilliard, I think of like your your the viola suite. Um that sweet viola. You you were talking about earlier how you think the best music is that which which is improvised and then written down. I, no, I said that that is a thing that class that the score um, ha, is a, is a special thing because it, it offers that where I feel okay, like nothing else does. Okay, yeah, but but you still had like an air about it that oh, like yeah, no. it is a beautiful and I, pure yes. form of music to improvise something and write it down, yeah. meaning some some level of unintentionality however trained that but the training is was. what allows that uh, that kind of yeah. unintentionality so because you can go back and write it down right because you know what the fuck you're doing or because you have so perfected your art of just like sitting and making stuff up that you can make up gorgeous shit on the spot right or in that's your another head. kind that was of always the thing that i used to really fetishize like we were talking about this the other day how like box when you listen to bach like it it sounds like natural as fuck like where the melodies go but like finger wise it's like really it's just not a, practical it's just a mess <laughs> yeah it's like just horrible yeah <laughs> and and like there's also then this just very uh pragmatic also is- puzzle of like how the fuck this makes so much sense as music, but not as like, but barely makes sense for, for hands. Right. Or like, it's like a very yes. tricky logic for hands. As yes. Well. But also Bach is one of the few people that I take a big solace in because I know he had to have played it. Right. Whereas like Beethoven, I doubt he played any of the shit that he yeah. wrote down. Like I bet he played it one little piece at a time, <laughs> but like, I feel like Bach had to have right. sat there and played through each of those fugues at least right. once. Um, most de- yeah. Most so definitely. no, Sorry, take me when so, you're writing. And that's the, true because there's always a way to play it. Yeah. Like there's nothing impossible in any of his keyboard writing. Um, Your viola suite, for example. Yeah. How much of it was was what you might have at that point called like unintentioned improvisation captured versus thought I have, out? I was never really. I mean, like so. I would like to start. We're talking about, with, by the way, like a piece you wrote in college. Yeah, yeah. I would like to start by saying that, like, when when I got accepted to school and decided to go, mm-hmm. um, there is a part of me that decided that I was going to be about learning how to be like as intentional as possible. Yeah. Not, not in those exact words. I wasn't like, but like that I wanted to learn the craft, right? Yeah, that I wanted same, to, I mean, that was a similar like, with me. Is like I was when like, I okay, went, if I'm going to do this, then I'm going to, I'm going to like do it seriously. And I want to be like very knowledgeable and technically good at what I'm going to do. That right? was very, very similar to my ethos going in where yeah. I had had so many teachers that were like, you really get music. All you need to do is figure out how to make your fingers like catch up to where your brain is at. Cause you right. don't need me to tell you that this part is like very special. You know, it's special, but your fingers can't do it. And so my, my whole thing going there was like, 
I don't need to bother learning about like how how I mean, and not to sound like snotty or whatever, but it was like I very much wanted to learn like the practicality of right. it. Right. Yeah, it I wanted to learn the technical side of composing and and the how to intention. do it. Right. Exactly. I wanted to be able to sit at a desk and write whatever the fuck I was thinking of. Right. Yeah. Um, which I feel kind of confident in my ability to do now um kind of i haven't really tried in like the longest time but that was something that i worked at until i could do to a point where i felt like comfortable doing that yeah um like i purposely didn't use sibelius because i was like you know like i went all the way with it i kind of like you were talking about like going out into him (laughs) no you were talking about going out into the woods and shit right but like like yeah, it's the that's, same. That's ethos. the same feeling. It's I'm gonna like, write with a feather quill pen from a bald <laughs> yeah, like, eagle. Like, and, when does it stop? And squid ink on paper made from <laughs> skin, human skin, mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, but when does it stop? Not, but because like this was like very serious for me mm-hmm. at the time. I can laugh at it now, but like I couldn't back then. Yeah, um, like I took my like weekly lessons very stop. You gotta put that down. I, you're, that's it's like that, a, that, that's that, like O'Malley with the tooth that, with the toilet brush. Dude. That that ethos has developed don't into deny, a whole don't culture. What I'm saying no, dude. You can find the the artisanal like. I feel like all I'm artisanal. I feel like artisanal okay, hipster culture is purely based on that ethos of yeah. like getting back to the land and right. wanting to be the person your dad this said beat. he was yeah. <laughs> wanting to be the person your your grandfather's said book he was that he wrote about yeah. him was yeah. uh, oh my like, god yeah we we make Down whiskey to the overalls. we make whiskey in the mouth of a pelican <laughs> and then we, and then we we transfer it to the to the to the bladder and then of we a, let it sit in a pig's a gut for 23 hours and 30 monk. minutes and we do it just like they did in the babylonian days the monks of... spitball it back and forth as they <laughs> say their hail marys and then they put it in a, a vat of wine dude careers <laughs> of, careers of, of, of old, millionaires old have been started on that yeah. that that ethos so there's yeah. no it, there's there's we live only... in the organic like home like it's some kind of reaction against corporatism and you know like globalism and yeah. stuff for sure uh, uh, that's obvious and its manifestation um, in classical music is wanting to not use the sibelius I notation guess. Software. i guess yeah it's like not wanting to embrace the future and wanting to, but but like i'm glad i felt like that at one point in my life because now i don't have to worry about it anymore because yeah. i because more than anything, it's like I don't, I didn't want to wonder my whole life if I was doing it right or not, or like if they're, you know, like I yep. felt like if I was going to go to like the school that's supposed to have the biggest name, yeah, like then I would have a as objective of a view of what I was hearing and what I was writing down as possible. Yeah, I mean, right? I think we've mentioned that on the on the podcast before. Is just yeah. like the only shit that I appreciate about Juilliard in retrospect is that I don't wonder what it right. was like afterwards. Right. Yeah. Like exactly. I know I was miserable there, yeah. <laughs> and I don't. I I didn't I didn't go to some other conservatory that's quote unquote not as good and right. wonder for the rest of my life if I would have been a a superstar happy boy. (laughs) (laughs) If I'd only worked a little harder. If only I'd practiced my scales a little harder, I would have been a super piano happy boy composer. Um, No, but like, 
Okay, so violas. I just wanted to say that, like, I, yeah, everything for me was like. So I was studying with Samuel Adler at the time. Yeah, and I just wanted. I told him an like, intentioned man, a very intentional man, and I told him flat out. I was like, my personal because I switched from Christopher Rouse because I didn't like him yeah. at all, and I didn't like how he taught because he didn't tell me anything concrete. Mm-hmm. Like I got there and I was really mad, and so I switched teachers, and I I just told Sam Adler flat out. I was like, teach me how to write like you. Like his music's fine. I like Sam Adler's music. I'm not he's not like my favorite person on earth, you know? Yeah. But I I believe that like you can teach how you write better than you can teach how somebody else writes, probably. Or like if I wanted to learn like why not? Why would I ask him how to write like somebody else? Yeah. You know? Like, no, no, no. Yeah, I get like that. so so I was very much and and he was all about this like Americana, Walter Piston, Roy Harris, at you know, Aaron Copeland. Uh, yeah. Like and all of the small like Parish Roger Shetty. Sessions, Perry Shetty, uh, David Diamond, or whatever you know, like yeah. like all all these American composers and that that sound that like oppor- opportunistic, optimistic, um, like American sound that I think of like um, Appalachian. If Spring I work is hard enough, I'm Stephen, going to get far. Stephen <laughs> Foster plugged into an electric <laughs> socket, right? Like it's like. I don't know. It stems from like some weird deep love of America that I don't have at all. Um, <laughs> that Arizona but, beat out of you. Yeah, that, that the heat beat out of me. But but so that viola suite was very much like for me a study in that style. And and I was never like very. I'm sure like it would have behooved me to have tried to develop my own style. Um, at school or whatever. Okay, but I'm asking but, more about about when you're literally sitting there and composing it. Are yeah. you are you like are you embracing improvisation yes. and the idea of unintentionality, or are you embracing the like Stravinsky esque like sit at a piano and do math until you figure out something that also sounds nice to you? Um, no. I, I, I forever have like sat with voice memos on my phone and like play uh-huh. for a while and then like play it back. So that's, you know how it starts off with uh, whatever. Um, hand me a little keyboard. <laughs> I know how it starts okay. off. I'll play a little um, bit of it underneath us while we're talking. So like that was, I was trying to think of, you know, something to a nice beginning yeah. and I was fucking around on the piano and I just had it on record and I would record for 30 minutes and listen back and see if I would if anything so it was a separate process for me and it always has been of like fuck around and record right um, and and like and then listen back and kind of like what you were saying about like the pages and pages of raps and books yeah. of, of words right like, yeah. like it's kind of like that like, which I'm saying so it felt because there's a difference between there's a difference between doing that and how it how it kind of feels, right? Like you were doing that, but it th- sounds but like then, you were almost trying to like embrace like a certain subconscious part where you're just kind of doing something and then picking and choosing, right? right. It's like you want the unintentionality, but then you want the control of right. picking out and, which unintentional right. things and, you want. And for starting, I feel like a, for starting a piece, if you're talking about like the very beginning, like I don't like to start like with, or at least at that time. And since I don't really start with like some big ass plan anymore, yeah. I kind of listen to the music and the big ass plan comes for, like, there's like a point when then it's like, Oh, it could totally go like this. That makes like a lot of sense. 
right? And like, like so, you, like a melody, for example, has like a small form in it if it's good, right? Uh-huh. Like whether it's just the direction up and down and the high note and the low note and where things happen, right? So like structure comes out of think for for me of like also thinking about like what the fuck am I writing? I'm writing a suite, so there's like a form already in place, right? I looked at like the Bach cello suites for the viola solo thing a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you try to, there's certain things you try to do because you can only do for the instrument, like with the double stops or playing the same note on a different string, right? Like there's, there's certain things that you want, that you just inherently want to take advantage of. Cause like, you don't get to hear, you don't get to do what you don't get to do that with other stuff. Right. So like, there's a lot of factors that goes into, um, like what comes out. I guess in that stage of that period of, but it's all me trying to think about it (laughs) of music. Yeah. That's what I'm about to ask is, did you feel like it was more of intentionally capitalizing on an unintentional sort of passion progress? Or did you think it was this carefully calculated crafted thing? It felt very carefully crafted. I mean like the, the, the very beginning and looking for the musical material is always just like, like I don't, I work from there, but like it's the main that that takes like ten minutes, and uh, and the rest of it takes a long time. I right. feel like you know, like I would literally be looking at like other people's other composers' rondos and like studying how they went, and then like trying to improve, like do like a version of that form that I liked, right? And right. like was very studious and trying to be aware about what I was. So doing. it's almost like something I I would I the would mu- the musical ideas are like I don't know how else to come up with them but just sitting and fucking around. But then from there it's like game time kind of right, which like. is an interesting way to kind of mirror how to like cope with like the thing that classical music has put you in, like the little beast that it's kind of shut you into, is you use this idea of like free expression and passion and improvisation as the seed of right. the thing that you're going to then just so that you care about over. it too. And it's right. like, especially it's a very, yeah. if you, if you, if you do a lot of math equations and come up with the, the quote unquote, like perfect melody for your piece to be, it's a lot less, it's a lot less human feeling than if you sit there and you improvise out an idea and then work from there. Right. Right. Yeah. So, even even in this very like right you said before like the fetishization of like some kind of like passion Perfectly music making yeah. no like this oh. this idea that you you just play until something right. happens that you like like classical musicians really strive for that because it's like kind of all they've got that's the only that's the only like off the clock time there is when it's like right and it's the only like part that sounds music. good to tell other people yeah. it's like how did you come up with this Oh, I was just improvising and I came up with this melody and it grew from there. Like right. that sounds nice that as opposed to like normal. <laughs> how did you how did you come up with this piece? Oh, I took the the orbit of Jupiter <laughs> and I divided it by the number of pages in in, in Finnegan's Wake. <laughs> I divided it by the number of pages in uh, Bear Grylls's autobiography. <laughs> and then I multiplied that by the number of times my dad has said he loves me. Which is zero. <laughs> which is zero. So I was back down to zero. So that's right? why it's all on C. <laughs> which was, it was, took me back to zero really quick. So I had to add something, which was the number of colors in a rainbow. 
Which also reminded me of my dad, so I'm <laughs> so I scratched <laughs> that. <laughs> Anyways, it like one of those, and I know people who write pieces like that Dude, too, yeah, and it's who, it's, who, scary. it's like, and and then you have like on the other side of that, John Cage doing shit like that's like that, but like as a joke, right? Like with right. like the astral signs and throwing darts or whatever it is, yeah. or like, or I would like, say to a certain point, like because the other side of that is is just you can become really good at making up ways to do shit (laughs) because that's cool too i mean like you can they're like to a creative person coming up with a new way of doing something is like a a fun creative activity i think about that all the time like what is a what is a cool thing that i can create that i can perpetuate is like more important than just what's one cool thing that i can create right yeah like creating like a space to do these podcasts was cool yeah um, he, you did that, not me. Um, you mean putting a table in a room and buying the mics? And oh yeah, stuff, yeah. right. The mics. Um, and like I don't know. And how? Okay. How has that changed? To well, I, I feel like we could just go <laughs> into just a I what we were into about. a a history of how you compose, which would be interesting, and maybe we should do eh. sometime. But let's Not just really let's what. bring it up to speed now, because I feel like that piece was like maybe a bigger. I mean, it was a definitely pretty, the pretty biggest moment of, of my experience with your music, Aww. and so I'd hope to be at yours too. Yeah, it was. That but was the only performance that I, and like collab that I enjoyed. Yep. <laughs> Compare um, that to now, because you still primarily you're the only person I like to collaborate with. Compare. Um, oh. You stupid Shut idiot. Up. Uh, That's why I made you live with me. Uh... <laughs> give me a give me an idea of because the main thing you make now is beats i make beats right now um that's what you're kind of currently working on so i'm most curious into hearing about how a process of making those compares to the process of improvising until you find a melody creating a structure and germination kind of the seed approach the beethovenian like cell that evolves approach my because i i guess just without even knowing that it might be similar as much as you hope it isn't (laughs) um no i do think it's similar Mm -hmm. a lot um it's almost like looking at a score a lot of it i mean you are looking at almost like you are looking at little representations of the sound and stuff yeah putting them there but that's not really i mean like so just like how when i was at school i was like determined to just take in like and study the specific craft of sounding like whoever the fuck I had to study with. Right. Yeah. Um, I want, I do that with lots of, I do that with lots of genres. <laughs> um, I, I feel like cell from dragon ball Z. You only watch dragon ball, so you don't know. But in my life, I feel like I've just like been a, a tourist, a very avid tourist. Shut up. Um, and <laughs> now I have a, a thing to fixate on when I'm talking. It helps. Um, yeah. Um, for for those that can't see, um, we Sean's just, playing with his mixer right now. I'm playing with my mixer while I talk, and Leo plays with the headphone jack. <laughs> <laughs> We're just very nervous it's boys. It's better than biting my nails or <laughs> yeah. peeling my beer bottle All label right. off. If I'm going to do this, you can play with the jack um, if you want. But give me So you you feel like Cell because you absorb... Because I, I love... I, I, I love just like getting really into a genre that it makes sense for me to get into or that I like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and like understanding as many angles and aspects of it as I can. 
Um, sure. Not for the purpose of then like becoming that solely, um, which is, I think there's always a part of me that has to like convince myself that I truly want to pursue it in order to spend so much time to learn what I want to do or what I want out of it. Let me back up. Let me back up. Hold on. Yeah, um, I was asking literally how you approach composing a a beat to right. as compared to composing a viola suite. But but I mean, you asked. I I think like why why beats is also like a thing of like why am I spending a lot of time doing that now is something that I think about. Okay. Um, that I want to talk about now. <laughs> no. Um, but intentionality, I'm, I'm referencing intentionality right, in but, terms but, of and how it's intention- you compose. Right, and this is kind of an example. Like, I intentionally do things repeatedly for long periods of time uh-huh. in one genre. Okay. And then, and then leave um, and, and just hope that it's sunk in. Kind of like just how you play like a fingering over and over again. And until it just, you don't think about it. Okay. Um, I feel like that works for me. And I've, I know that feeling of having internalized like a genre or a or sound that I wanted to. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot about, um, the production of like hip hop music and a, a lot about how patterns are used against a minimal background. Um, like vocal patterns. This is why I'm always trying to get people to rap on my beats because I feel like there's like a very um, complex interplay between the rhythms that somebody pre-creates and then the rhythm that somebody hears out of those rhythms. Right. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a, a, like it's, it's just like a very complex musical play, like environment, I think um, like beats and rapping. And I don't ever, um, imagine myself becoming a rapper. So, and, and I mean, I, 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 everybody who knows who comes up here knows that if I, if I, uh, if I drink a little bit, if I have a little too much, I, 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 I'm, <laughs> what's that one song? Uh, I, never I mind. Know. No, but, but like, I'll try to freestyle <clears throat> rap it as a joke, but I, I will seriously commit myself to learning how to make the sound that I like so much. Um, and that's what making beats every day is about. And that, and so my process now talking about like what it's like for, for that, um, is the same. I dick around on my MIDI keyboard, um, until I'm like, okay. And, or sometimes I don't, sometimes I just click record, (laughs) um, which is my favorite thing to do. I do that quite a bit where I'll just like set up, give myself instruments Mm -hmm. be like, what am I feeling today? Like a piano, some trumpets, like so always got to have your drums ready and stuff. And then like, you just, I just pick one to start with and then just like go, like there's a lot of, I have made like 190 beats since July. So, um, like the process feels very, very familiar, you know, like it's like, here's what I need. Here's what I do. And it's come. I like that. I like having, I like not having it not be a mystery anymore of like, fuck, how do I get that sound that, I mean, there's still a lot of that. I'm still learning, you mm-hmm. know, like, but there's also a certain part of it that's equipment and like how much, how much money do I have to spend on having a home studio right. is something that never really came up with composing. Cause all you got to do is like put pencil to paper and go to school for billions of dollars. Right. But like at the core, it sounds similar to what you were saying when you went to Juilliard is you wanted to, you wanted to learn the craft of something. Yeah. Um, 
very intentionally. Yeah. You wanted to, you, you wanted to, so I don't know. I think it's interesting. I mean, I feel like to some degree you still kind of, even though you've switched genres and gotten away from classical music, it seems to me like you still really kind of look up to the idea of, of being more skilled at improvisation as being a good thing yes. because you are still kind of a bit stuck in needing like a methodology and like a, a, a systematic kind of structure in order to do something. I don't want a systematic structure in order. I, that's like, like you said, that's my favorite part, dude. That's the part, like even for composing, like there's a lot of it that's not creative. Like anybody who composes can attest to that. Like, yeah. like, like this, the, I, that's my favorite part. I want to elongate that part and make that the whole thing now. <laughs> I feel like, like, I don't, I think of the beats as like a project for like me to put on my tool belt of things yeah. that I want to learn how to do. I would love to be fucking, uh, to be a do real producer and to get paid for it. Do you think about it differently though? Like, cause how you, how you talked about going to study with Adler or whatever, going to Juilliard also sounded very much like something to put on your tool belt. And it did. But I feel like that left a bigger impression for some reason. I feel like that not only gave you a tool on your tool belt, but a bit of kind of an ethos as to how to approach things. And I think that's maybe because more it's than... dealing with another human being that's been through it and have being that mentor thing that you can't get from the internet like I do with Pro Tools. Like maybe someday I'll have some poppy producer guy <laughs> that that t- lets me into his studio and teaches me the ropes and uh, and I'll learn everything from him. But there's, I, I, I just don't have access to that kind of relationship with somebody that's a master at what they do. Because I would love. But do you to. think that that's it? Is that is that there's another person there guiding you, which gives you kind of a more more objective thing to try to do. At least for me, like like, and maybe it's because I just like have no soul artistically. I've thought about this too. Like I just kind of copy what I want to learn and yeah. then move on to something else. And like, at what point am I expressing myself? purely yeah no it's like a weird thing to think about that's that's like why i tried to make such an abstract album that one time with just like all improv and not thinking Um, i mean that's why automatic sliding doors don't open for you so (laughs) what (laughs) it's uh it's a pretty uh, another clear piece of information that you might not have a soul i don't (laughs) (laughs) Um, that's a simpsons reference for those unaware okay um um but i'm thinking now to but like i think improv with my friends is part of it reminds me that i do have a soul yeah and that like in my intense endeavors of of what i associate as my music is like shit that i do with you and shit that i do with garrett and shit that i do with marina and 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 like and i don't know like I don't, I don't have a, I don't have really a purpose to put to push off a, a serious statement about myself in a, in the form of an album, like or like a, a thing like that. I just do it every day. I try to, you know, just like improving and stuff like that. Or make I hate the word improv to be honest. Like just making shit up on the spot or like not thinking and making stuff, making stuff over thinking about stuff. Because I know your next question was to ask me about my process. Yeah, um, <laughs> I will answer it now. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, 
no, because I mean that's the that's the other. Th- I wanted to I wanted to talk about yours first, and then and then think a little about mine. Um, think a little bit. What is that song? Drink I feel I feel like the because I got so heavily stuck in overthinking, overanalyzing over every possible aspect of musicking. Like to the point that like when when you started with me this summer when I started with you when you started when you started yeah cuz you are you I, I I credit you somewhat with kind of helping me uh hear a little bit more. I feel like I feel like my entire life I had learned to read. Mm-hmm. And and you 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 opened up a little bit on how to how to hear a little bit better. Cool. Yeah, it is cool. Um, I'm number one. <laughs> give somebody give me a because because we started that we started the podcast around then, and I started I started really kind of listening to uh, you to, made your own album. Started listening to kind of how how to get out of out of um, yeah I guess it wasn't this year it was like a couple of years ago whatever. I got out of Juilliard and I had a big fixation on the idea of of breaking away <laughs> yeah, from of getting from, that shaking it off. Yeah, of just yeah. trying to like trying to do like a juice cleanse yeah. <laughs> on, yeah. on music. That, that was what from it, my that's body. what it felt like. That's what it like I I remember intentionally talking about that while we were doing that too. And what that almost boiled down to at a certain point was like a juice cleanse in overthinking things right because like so much stress had been put upon like me my like whole music career of just like practice it until it's a fucking beaten horse into the ground and you can do it no matter what and don't even have to think about it anymore and you just like i feel like we don't really even like address enough of like how big an effect that had on both of us it's just like how much that was a part of my life it's like if it's not absolutely goddamn perfect in every way then you need to work harder on something i remember i remember marino one time at like an art opening said something looked a little overworked which apparently is like a term in art right. school as to like something being like you <laughs> you put too much onto exist. the canvas and now it looks yeah. a little shiny or something. Yeah. And in class, I just laughed at it because that's like there's no such thing as overworking yeah, something. That, like that you can only art. you can only pump more energy into something. <laughs> it's an endless bag of misery <laughs> yeah. to pump your feelings into. So the goal after that was obviously to get to the opposite of that, which was to not think about as as much and right. to like try to in, like inject a which little. Which I think was a smart thing for us to levity. do. Levity, <laughs> yeah, I a feel little like levity into our lives after all of that, which has always existed with us. Also, like we naturally just make up dumbass shit i feel like and like right. like making making from making dumb songs out of like video game music that gets stuck in our heads which yeah. isn't like the most creative musical process but no. like but like i don't know we also i remember sitting in the practice rooms and just like ma- trying to make up a sonata right right well i mean um, and that's like, that, to, like, that goes hand in hand with why we were so fucking miserable at juilliard is why we friends. we naturally kind of want to do something that's not that yeah and we want, accidentally yeah. <laughs> accidentally stuck ourselves right into the middle of it yeah um um, but in the same way that you can't shake off 
a certain amount of like work ethic and tool belt and like a certain amount of a something of being like a, yeah. a you're doing it for this like purpose and it's got a use and you will study it and intentionally hone your craft at it as opposed to just kind of honing your craft at, at, at kind of goofing off or improvisation or like honing your craft of not honing a craft right. or something. That's an equally important craft to hone. I feel like the middle ground that I reached was something it like it came to kind of a head with like the that album that I put out. I felt like that was like a big a big thing for me was I feel like this this whole thing is turning into the interview that none of us asked for. <laughs> <laughs> we should both be wearing sunglasses. We shut like, up. We're just, we're just sitting that? in a, our goddamn bedroom. We can talk about ourselves. Hell yeah. Um that's what I'm saying. In our bedroom that isn't a bedroom. It should be a bedroom. Uh, but it's got this thing in it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put up a picture of the thing right here in the comments <laughs> section. Um, what what wound up happening... Okay, so I, I've been prefacing this for a really long time, but I've been thinking about it since we started the podcast, was this particular You're podcast. Ruminate. You're always marinating. Yeah, no, I let things like percolate in my head before I want to say them. Um, I think that the, the middle ground I reached was trying to come up with with Im, quote unquote improvised quote unquote unintentional quote unquote whatever silly ideas mm -hmm. and then applying the work ethic that i have trained myself right. to crave into them right because mm -hmm. like that was that was a lot of that's that's how I mean that's a lot of what that that album was was just coming up with kind of ideas on a whim and then jamming them into this thing very carefully and in ways that sounded very thought out and nice to myself right but there's a certain humanness I think in that which is what I what I really want is the idea that at its biggest form you're doing something that anybody could think of but then you are also applying your care to it because I don't want to. I don't want to do things. I hate the idea of of doing things that that people just say, "Well, that's stupid and not something." Like the 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 glitch thing that we were talking about right. earlier, right? Like, I don't want to be somebody who's coming up with like a way to I, I make a make a sound that your two year old could make or whatever. Right. Like, I don't I don't like that. I don't like because yeah. I feel like that inherently makes people feel bad, and I I have a. a big upsetting nervous fixation with making trying to make people feel <laughs> happy and feel like i am relatable to that. probably because i was fucking homeschooled and just crave some kind of human connection but uh with, with a public school <laughs> he just wishes he went to public school but like that's super important to me is yeah. coming up with a concept that anybody could come up with so you get that kind of human like right. feeling to it, but then applying as much as I can, like my own care to it, which is what I really care about. Hell I yeah. feel like it's a, it's an interesting hybridization of those two things, yeah. right? It's, it's like, it's trying to use the intentionality that I've, I've cared about and that other people care about and like other people kind of expect from somebody who's worked really hard at something like, like nobody wants to go hear their friend who worked for ten years on their on their drawing technique go and, and like 
not draw right <laughs> at their drawing shit that's yeah. such a stupid way to say that no but, but it's true i mean but, like like it it would be like yeah i mean like i'm i feel lucky to be able to like um make like make music that i can imagine go yeah. how it goes and it's not that i t- have to take it very seriously anymore i feel pretty over that or uh-huh. like i'm i consciously try to get over that every day by by the music that I choose to make a lot of the times, right? Yeah. Like whether it's stuff for me to just sit there and say dumb shit to so that I can like complete my own vicious cycle of like thinking too hard about beats and then and then debriefing myself by sitting and like smoking a joint and, and trying to freestyle rap to it, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, or, or like, I don't know. I feel like there's, there's, um, I don't know. Which is the same thing as what you were talking about with composing anything, is you start with like kind of an unintentional gem. Right. Uh, j- with not beats, gem, it feels germ. kind of backwards, though. <laughs> like, as far as like when I get to relax, I feel like with composing, it was always like, once the piece was done, it was like, oh my God, now I got to get people to fucking fucking do it and everything. But mm-hmm. with but there's no process after that. It's like Sibelius, but that's it. Yeah. Right? And like I feel like uh working with real people is probably why I don't still <laughs> try to compose music. Yeah. Anyway. So what I feel like the conclusion that we reached was there are kinds of art that are that have their foundation in unintentionality and improvisation, right? Yep. Jazz, any kind of like freestyling, any even kind classical of, music, even classical it, music, at probably point, at a certain point that it's lost. Those Baroque, Corelli, and then there's violin certain kinds of more so learning about something that introduces a certain kind of intentionality into it, right? Like the process of trying to learn something inherently makes it less right, less unintentional. Right. <laughs> Just that by definition, like if you if you're like I need to learn how that singer improvised that that riff. You're right. you're robbing it of its initial thing. But learning how to improvise is what everybody has to do. Nobody can just Right. Yeah, I got I got off track on my own. I tried to summarize things and then immediately lost what I was going for. Um, and in conclusion, <laughs> I would like to know. Um, unintentionality is something is that healthy. gets trained as much as intentionality. Yes. What? Hmm. I think it, I think that unintentionality exists for but a moment. <laughs> Before it gets turned into intentionality, and that's why it's so precious to people, is that it is it is a very very hard right because I would to bet I would sustain. bet that even like talking to like a pro freestyle rapper probably still starts raps by just trying to reach for something new that yeah, they like, that they feel is off the cuff and then kind of recede into their own right. their own kind of tried and true methods of how you develop a rhyme right. scheme everybody has a method for for improvising anyway which so, all starts with some form of trying to reach like a, a, a to little, know how to do it a little yeah. germ of passion at the bottom of it that you don't think about mm-hmm. and then you develop it from there right so, so no matter what it is that you're listening to, if somebody is doing something, 
um, unless you are literally there at their like first birthday and they're doing it for the first time ever and it, they just sound like Mariah Carey <laughs> or something like that or just like or I don't know like people like everything is work and and, and unintentionality only lasts for a fucking second <laughs> right I feel like and if you're still viewing improvisatory sort of based art forms as unintentionality then you are like a very much stuck yeah 70 year old man in 1950 yeah like my two-year-old could do this like but they didn't and like this person could have done this but they didn't right? or like, like or like why are you rapping when you could be writing down your poems right. or why something? you why did you oh rap is poetry well and why aren't you writing yeah. it down and publishing a book right why are they just rapping about such stupid things all the time then and like like why do they always rap about the same things it's like because it's a controlled lyrical art form you idiot <laughs> like like because like there's like i don't know i feel like there's rap always feels relevant to talk about because it's what we listen to a lot of and yeah. and it's what the world listens to a lot of um but like i remember like you know i went through like multiple uh periods of my life where i would listen to like punk music every day or power violence music or you know like going to shows and stuff like that was important to me and I started a band and like stuff like that, right? Yeah. Um, and like, I don't know. Even even in that in in that genre, like the whole idea is that like the riffs are ignorant and it's something anybody could do. But in but now it's just such a formula, right? It's like everything. It's like it's not its fault. Like it, the genre tried to exist as being like a a throwing off of of caring too much right yeah and and just like excitement and and things that anybody could connect to fast beats and easy riffs to play and like chanting kind of vocals right but but every it's like it's like it's everything is doomed to become a formula except for maybe like is does free jazz have a like i feel like that's where like the whole genre is like fight club it's like don't talk about it don't <laughs> I don't want to know. Don't we don't talk about it here. This is a safe space of, away from knowledge. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, well, we should do a, a a long talk about free jazz. We should do point. that after we listen to all those oh, yeah, CDs that, that we never listened to. Well, I've noticed that both of our voices are starting to go from this level down to this level, which oh, yeah. usually means that it's about I'll get time, closer to the mic. Which usually means that it's about time to wrap this up. Um, so happy spring this has been dead air records um yeah let's just let's let's plug plug some things we've got an instagram account where we put up just silly stuff it's dead air records on instagram we've got a we've got a twitter where i usually try to put up a weekly update from my office mm -hmm. um we put up stuff usually every couple days now on soundcloud um yeah we've been a little less frequent with it we took a break and we're kind of getting back into the swing of things yeah but we're still working on all the things that we are always doing we're still reading dickens we just did that the other day still making beats and as i as i have kind of gathered from people that have talked to us our our hit disciples podcasts are very enjoyed relative Yay. to our to our 
are just our talking about anyway. ourselves <laughs> podcasts. Um, but v- remember that they kind of go hand in hand. Like the same ethos that we apply to Hit Disciples, we also think about kind of all this other stuff. It's just Hit Disciples, I feel like, is kind of an easy a way to... A focused way of talking about a lot of these things. About, yeah, about kind of working through this and utilizing actual skills. But if you like, if you like any of this stuff... Um, Tell a friend about it if you know somebody who likes music stuff. Um, leave us a little comment or review. It's fun to get and apparently helps push us towards the tops of lists somewhere if you get reviews. So that'd hey, be cool. like Yelp? Sure. Leave us a Yelp review. <laughs> uh, we're on Grubhub. <laughs> we're on Seamless. We're on, <laughs> we just put our new mixtape out on, on LinkedIn. <laughs> This is thanks to thanks to Anonymous for Three. for joining us at the start. R.I.P. <laughs> R.I.P. Just like Toby McGuire. R.I.P. Toby. <laughs>